Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, get that pickle bar ready and fired up because we're ready for the weekend. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar is indeed second to none. And don't forget about the specials between now and Tuesday. Black Label 24-pack cans, $9.95. New Belgian 15-pack uh, uh, cans, uh, $15.95. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The Winnipeg Jets at our play-by-play call today go on the road to Nashville and win it. Morrissey on the backhander, head for Wheeler, through for Kyle Connor. Connor with some speed down the right side, had to get away from him, stays on it. Wheeler has it to Shifley, scores! Mark Shifley on the cross ice pass from Blake Wheeler, gets one past UC Soros, and with 2.10 to go in the second period, the Jets have a 3 1 lead, and the Winnipeg Jets come into Nashville and take game seven by a final score of 5-1 to one, and the Winnipeg Jets for the first time in history will advance to the Western Conference Championship against the Vegas Golden Knights and it will start Saturday night at Bell MTS Place 5-1 year final here in Nashville and the Jets take the series 4 games to 3 Jets haven't been this good since Ulf Nielsen, Andres Hedberg, and Bobby Hall were together. All right. That was the old WHA. Greg Wieselinski joins us now from Tampa. Greg, how are you? You got the Caps and the Lightning coming up. Thanks for the time today. Hey, no problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm here in Tampa. It's a, it's it's not the worst gig in the world. when You can look outside and see sunshine, a giant uh, channel, and then the arena in the same uh, view. So it's a, it's a good deal. Uh, you must be at the Hyatt then. <laughs> I'm. I don't. I'm in the vicinity uh, of, of, okay. of the of the of the highest. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> okay. I don't usually like talk about where I'm staying, but the weirdest thing happened to me in Pittsburgh when I was there, where somebody recognized me uh, at the hotel I was staying in, happened to be uh, a fan and a listener of the podcast and stuff, and sent me up a a a, 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 a tub of beer. So maybe I should make it more like obvious where I stay on the road because that was that was pretty sweet. <laughs> well, I know that I only I only bring that up because when I've when I when I've uh, done the um, uh, broadcast the Outback Bowl, that's where mm-hmm. they put us. because <laughs> so, my my room looked at at the arena, <laughs> so that's why. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a pretty sweet setup, and then and yeah. then as every hockey a hockey writer will tell you, the uh, tradition of of uh, of leaving the arena at all hours of the night. And walking over to the uh, tiki bar that's uh, oh, located yes. near the 
Yeah, the tiki the tiki bar is open until like two a.m. It's it's uh, it's just if you if you want to see your favorite hockey writer in Tampa after a, a lightning game uh, and and the national guys are in town, head to the tiki bar uh, right down by the uh, yes. by the Marriott there. That's where we'll all be. Exactly, have been there before. As a matter of fact, <laughs> there was a big Penn State party there one year, and they brought Yangling over. It was pretty good. It was nice. <laughs> uh, Greg, let's. I want to get into Tampa first. Um, when you look at overall team balanced, are they as balanced as any team in, in, left in this thing? They really are. And and you know, the more you look at this matchup between them, them and the Washington Capitals the more you wonder about the Capitals' bottom six forwards maybe being exposed in this series. Uh, you know, the, the, the Lightning, the top two lines you know about, you know, Stamkos' line with Kucherov, Brayton Point's line with Johnson and Palat. Uh, that line played extraordinarily well against Patrice Bergeron's line in the previous series against Boston. That Bergeron line might be the best in hockey, and uh, they were either uh, played to a draw or outplayed by the Brayton Point line. But it's the guys down the lineup that might be the difference in the series. You've got your Alex Kalorns. Your Ryan Callahan's, Chris Kunitz, who uh, knows a thing or two about playing the Capitals through the years. It's, it's the veteran guys down the lineup for, for Tampa that have had uh, not only a lot of playoff experience, but also a lot of rest uh, for being a bunch of veteran guys, uh, with Tampa having won the first two series this playoffs by, by, uh, by five games each. Uh, it's uh, it, it's a it's a daunting task against the Capitals team that is uh, playing a lot of younger players in, in, in the bottom of its lineup. And also, I think John Cooper's a heck of a coach too. What does what kind of imprint has he had on this team as to how they play? Oh, it's it's his hands are all over the team. Um, you know, I, I've covered this team uh, a lot in the last few years. They've obviously been competitive. Uh, he plays an aggressive sort of uh, style, pressuring the puck carriers, really attacking. And and to a man, these these Lightning players love playing that style. It's very up tempo. It's very aggressive. It, it keeps them engaged. It's not like they're uh, falling back and waiting for the action to come to them. They're, they 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 attack, uh, and that's the way Cooper wants them to play. The other great thing about John Cooper is that uh, you know can really uh, give you give you a good insight on on what he's thinking, what the team's thinking. Um, great quote, great press conference guy. Although, admittedly, as this, as these series go on, and then maybe uh, things get a little tighter for Tampa. Uh, does tend to get a little bit more tight-lipped <laughs> as these series yeah, get deeper. Yeah. Uh, as as uh, you know, but that's just the way coaches can be. But a, a totally a, a very uh, engaging guy and an interesting guy to talk to. Obviously, his path to this to this job not the traditional path of of being a you know a former ex NHL or anything like that. Uh, he used to be a lawyer uh, and uh, can definitely uh, be eloquent like that. <laughs> no doubt about that. When you look at Tampa Bay. We talked about the balance throughout. A couple of years ago, in a relief role, we got a chance to really see Vasilevsky play. It's like watching an octopus out there in the net. Uh, (laughs) Look, Holpe was the best player, in my opinion, in the Penguin series. How good's Vasilevsky been all season? He's been really good all season, save for the last month of the regular season. And that's what the, the real interesting thing is with regard to how well he's played in these playoffs is the fact that for the last month of the regular season he was so ordinary and at times so bad that he basically played himself out of the Vezina finalist uh, situation where he didn't he's not one of the top three uh, for best goaltender of the year in the NHL but the minute the playoffs started it was like hitting the reset button it's almost like maybe his mind was on the playoffs 
the Lightning clinched basically on St. Patrick's Day, so maybe it was a, an issue of motivation. But since the playoffs started, he's been lights out. Um, if, if Nikita Kucherov isn't their MVP, it's definitely Vasilevsky. Uh, tremendous yeah. in, in the first two rounds of, these two, uh, of the playoffs. And, and uh, you know, when it comes down to it, both these goalies are going to give their teams a chance to win. Uh, and in Vasilevsky's case, it may be a situation where he can even steal a game or two in this series. Analytics does not like a guy like Chris Kunitz. Stanley Cup engravers do. What is it about Kunitz that makes him valuable, no matter what the analytics say? Well, John Cooper talked about that today, actually, uh, you know, what Kunitz brings to this team. And uh, it's obviously a level of compete down the lineup uh, where every time he hits the ice, he is uh, playing bigger than he is and, and outworking the opponents. And, and that sort of tempo setting is invaluable for a team. If you, your shoulders are shrugging on the bench and you go see a guy who's pushing 40 give you a shift like that, uh, it's, it's going to make you perk up a little bit. But he, he also said that Kunitz is such a student of the game that he's always on the bench kind of talking about the plays that are happening, anticipating things happening, telling his teammates to look at something on the ice and see something develop. Um, so he's got a great kind of hockey IQ. And, you know, the, 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 when you come to a team like the Lightning that uh, with this group, they're trying to get over the hump, and you've done it upwards of four times in your career, playing with guys like Sidney Crosby, playing with guys like Ryan Getzlaff, it's, uh, it's, it's a real easy selling point to have, to have them follow your lead because you can just kind of flash the rings in your fingers and say, I've been there, I know what it takes, so, so, uh, so listen up and we can get there together. Uh, you and I both know there's two ways that Washington can go. They can be the team that goes, oh, finally got past the Penguins. Or they can be the team that says, oh, we got the Penguins, now we can get the whole thing. What's your sense of Washington? Are they the team that exhale with, oh, we finally got past the Penguins? Or are they the team that's saying, all right, now we got past them, let's get the whole thing? If, if they are the team that exhales, I think it might be just for this one game. And, and that's expected. I mean, it's it's an emotional discharge like the likes they've never had to get past Pittsburgh, to get to the cha- to a championship round where Ovechkin's never been before, where Barry Trotz has never been before, where all these guys, for the most part, have never been before. It's natural that you're going to have a, a struggle trying to recapture that energy in the first game of a series, especially on the road against a really great and rested team. For the rest of the series, I think, I think it'll be out of their system. But it's something to consider for Game 1, where if, uh, if they get rolled in Game 1, it may not be indicative of what happens for the rest of the series. It may just be indicative of, of how hard it is to come off a high like that and in some cases probably sober up and, uh, and get ready for uh, the next game of the championship round. <laughs> What's interesting, and I think people may forget, Barry Trotz had to make a decision about goal before they came into the playoffs, and he decided to go with Holpe, and it's paid huge dividends. What's made him more effective now and has given us more of the Braden Holpe feeling that we've actually seen in, in recent years? Well, it's what it, it, he went with Holpe eventually. I mean, the thing about it is he made the, the wrong call. He went with Grubauer for the first two right. games of these playoffs. Philip Grubauer, the backup that had played so well down the stretch for them, uh, and then they, they lose the first two games that Columbus series, uh, they go back to Holtby in that game, too, and then he's got the crease the rest of the way. You know, there are going to be some people that say that's what Holtby needed to kind of clear his head a little bit and get going, but yeah. I thought that it should have been him from the start. His playoff numbers uh, in his career are, are, are off the charts. 
Uh, he's been a, de- a dependable player in the postseason, even if his regular season numbers weren't up to snuff. Uh, what we've seen from him in these two series are, is exactly what he's he's given him in other previous postseasons. It's, you know, all, it, you know, Holpe, Ovechkin, all those guys. They, you know, they get labeled uh, because the team hasn't had postseason success. But you look at their numbers, and I mean, outside of maybe a hiccup here or there against the Penguins, Braden Holpe's been one of the best postseason goalies we've had in the last five years. And also, people forget Washington won uh, in Pittsburgh shorthanded. Uh, Backstrom yeah. didn't play, and Wilson finished up a three-game suspension. Uh, Backstrom aside, because he's always been one of those playoff performances, it's been like a like a roller coaster. But what does it mean to them to get Tom Wilson back full time? Well, I should say that the, the Backstrom is a game time decision tonight, according to Barry Trotz, which. Uh, I don't expect him to play. He didn't practice today. His hand looks like it's still in pretty bad shape. They should get Andre Barakowski back, who's a, a pretty valuable winger for them that hasn't played since Game 2 of the Columbus Series. And they get Wilson back as well. And, you know, Wilson is an essential ingredient ingredient to that top line. Uh, it's funny that the, the Tampa line, top line and the Washington top line are kind of built the same way. Two extraordinary skills guys, uh, Stamkos and, and, uh, and Kucherov for the Lightning, his nets off and Ovechkin for the Capitals, and then a banger. You know, Tom Wilson is more of a power forward, a bigger guy for the Capitals, and JT Miller, who came over in the Ryan McDonough trade at the trade deadline from the Rangers, who's also got the ability to throw his body around and, and make hay in the offensive zone, zone physically. So it's, it's almost like these two teams are uh, uh, different sides of the same coin when it comes to how they've built their top line. I'm going to ask you very quickly about Winnipeg and Vegas because they'll get started coming up uh, tomorrow. Uh, for Winnipeg, what would it mean to them if Patrick Line started scoring the way we know Patrick Line can? Well, it'd make them even more dangerous than they already are. I mean, I was I was blown away with how well that team played on the road in Nashville in a very very difficult place to play. Uh, they they put the they put fear in that fan base, and and you know the the fans in Nashville I think carried that team in a lot of ways the last two years. But when you get on them early. And all of a sudden, these fans that have been expecting a Stanley Cup party all year start getting the uh, fear and doubt put in them like they were in that Game 7. That's an extraordinarily uh, mature and valuable thing for a, a burgeoning contender like Winnipeg to be able to do. So, you know, if Liney starts going, that's great. That gives them another option besides Stasny, besides uh, Shifley, who I think is, is right now in, in, uh, in line to potentially be their MVP if they win this Cup. Yep. And besides Blake Wheeler, who's just been, I think, an MVP yeah. candidate through and through. Really, really great team, Winnipeg, and I think Vegas is going to have their hands full. Yeah, I think they'll have their hands full, too. Uh, and then let's get to Vegas. Uh, a year ago today, they had no players. <laughs> <laughs> so, as as remarkable a story as you've seen to see this happen the way it has, going from nothing to, wow, we're in the Western final. Yeah, and and, and not even like... While we're in the Western Final, it's while we're in the Western Final after marauding through the Western Conference and winning a division title. I mean, it's—I don't think any of us would be would have been shocked if if uh, Vegas maybe threw together a bunch of guys. Mark Andre Fleury plays out of his head, and they they squeak into the playoffs and then go on some Cinderella run. That seems more in line with an expansion team. But this team mm-hmm. was pummeling people and and and, and scoring goals in bushels and, and getting incredible play and running teams out of the building. Um, and then winning the division title. So the, the fact that they've been so dominant, and uh, and that's transferred over to these playoffs where they've gone through a, a Kings team and a Sharks team that were both pretty darn good, 
uh, to get to this point has been the real surprise of the way they've done it. But again, like I, I think it's going to be the Jets in seven. I think having that last game in Winnipeg is essential for this series. Um, but it, it, Vegas is not going to be a tough out at all, and it wouldn't shock me to see them advance to even a, a deeper round of these playoffs. They are. I've never seen a team be that tenacious. Uh, first line through fourth line, first pairing through third pairing, and then obviously Mark Andre Fleury playing the best goaltending of his life to tie it all together. Yeah, and don't I don't want anybody in there out there to get into this. They're the first team since the St. Louis Blues. Look, they put all six teams in the same division. Somebody had to. <laughs> <laughs> somebody had to, right? Somebody had to be the sacrificial lamb for who was it? It was Detroit. It was somebody. It was Montreal. Somebody just like destroyed. Them it was Mon- Montre- Montreal that. beat him in four straight, uh, two years yeah. in a row, and then the Bruins beat him in four straight. So I mean, yeah. it, it, there was no balance. Yeah, sacrificial lamb. But uh, it's listen. The big. I wrote about it on ESPN this week. A lot of people read the story, and I appreciate that about uh, the backlash against this jet, this Golden Knights team. A lot of people regretting the fact the NHL set it up for them to get all these players. The, the expansion draft was quote unquote rigged. And you know the the thing I've come to understand about that, and I know a lot of people are, are kind of lamenting that. It's not that the draft was fixed; it's that they fixed the draft. Like it shouldn't be a situation where every yeah. new team needs to be terrible. It's good for hockey if these teams are competitive out of the gate, and it just so happens that that Vegas leveraged those rules to be even better than competitive and be a potential championship team. So I think this is going forward a good thing for hockey if if these teams are competitive early on. I believe that if, as your agent, I can book you to the Seattle Chamber of Commerce. And you can make that same speech. <laughs> well, well, the thing about, but the dude, the thing about it though is, like, you can set up the rules. It's like you can lead a, you yes, can lead a horse to right. water kind of thing. But you got to be able to leverage them. And what they did, the fleecing that they did to get the, the three components of their top line from the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Florida Panthers. I mean, it's going to be hard for Seattle to replicate that level of success, even if they're given a good baseline of players through the draft. Hey, Greg, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Enjoy the series and. Enjoy going out to where the tiki torches are. <laughs> you got it. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, that, that was from Tampa. Uh, Greg Waslinski joining us. That was a lot of fun. ESPN senior hockey writer. And we'll come back. The King is coming up in a few moments. Slowly, I believe that... Uh, Starting next week, I'm on the final half hour. <laughs> As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. It's great to have you with us today. Coming up Monday, Patrick Chambers will join us on Tuesday. Stan Savern, old friend, good friend. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick Stan Saverin story. I think I, I, back in 1983, I was put on the Penn State Sports Network as the third announcer. So now it's 1983, and I'm sitting there. I'm 25 years old, and I'm on the network with Gil Santos, who just passed away a couple of weeks ago, George Paterno, John Grant, and Stan Saverin. Now look, Stan Saverin has been a big deal in Pittsburgh for a long time. He was a big deal in 1983. And it was interesting because I didn't really, you know, I, John I already knew, George I already knew. Um, Gil took me under his wing right away. The one guy I just I wasn't sure about because I just didn't know was Stan Savern. Stan Savern 
from the second I met him, could never have treated me any better than he did. That's the kind of guy he is. I've always appreciated that. That's, I mean, young guy like that, always appreciated that. So to say I think the world of him is uh, would be an understatement. All right. Uh, coming up, the king of comedy. And based on the note I got today, I guess the new host of the show. <laughs> uh, what was that mean? <laughs> that note was not from me, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't gotten the, a good joke from Kevin in a while. He's overdue. It's, it's, it says here from the desk of digital media. What does that mean? <laughs> now, no name on the card. Wow. <laughs> oh, do you think? Do you think that person would sign their name? Please. <laughs> <laughs> what was his uh, biffer? The biffer. The biffer. <laughs> In the 90s, late nights on 94KX. He gets a shot. Wishing you could go back to your teens is a nice thought. Wishing you could buy a brand new 2018 car priced in the teens is unheard of. Not at Sunbury Motors Kia. It's 20 under 20. 20 vehicles for under 20 grand. Sunbury Motors Kia has 20 new 2018 Kia Rios, Optimus, Souls, and Fortes for under $20,000. Sunbury Motors Kia makes it easy to own a brand new 2018 Kia. 20 under 20. Don't get badgered by other dealers. Sunbury Motors Kia can get you into a 2018 Kia for under 20 grand. You can go back to your team. Plus, all have Kia's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. And SMC has over 25 certified Rio Kias to choose from too. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf, and at sunburymotorskia.com. Offer expires 531.18. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see retailer or go to kia.com. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones sunbury motors fourth street in sunbury sunbury motors key routes 11 and 15 in hummel's wharf and today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, stock up for the weekend now. Come on, you're driving home now. You're driving home now. Just go over to Reagan Street. Sunbury, quick. Well laid out store. Great selection of beer. Best selection of beer anywhere. And maybe you'll want some wine coolers, water, some soft drinks, snacks, hot sauces. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The bags are right there at the register. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Now, you've heard me talk about this before, Sean. I'm just going to make quick mention of this. How sports is covered today on the national level, I don't, I just don't, I flat out don't get it. I know you're looking for brands. 
I know you're looking for big names and what is going to move the needle. So Tiger Woods and LeBron James, through their own individual greatness, without question, move the needle. Okay? But here's the headline today, right? Top headlines. Tiger alive. Fowler, Mickelson, Falter, a player. So Fowler and Mickelson did not make the cut. Tiger alive. Tiger's in 68th place, 12 shots off the lead. Alive? They're looking for it's clicks. Like the, it's all about the clicks. I, 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 I get that. Right, like, right. like I mentioned, the Le, Le, LeBron James in Game 3 against Toronto. But when you say, yeah, a, Tiger alive, you just automatically think, oh, he's in contention. He's in the he's, top he's 10. He's in the hunt. Sure. Yeah, top he's 10. He's in the hunt. No he's not in the he's, he's 12 shots back. <laughs> Right? He's got 67 players between him and the top. That's a big number. Uh, and like, and LeBron. Now, LeBron's been phenomenal in the playoffs. And that shot he made against Toronto to win the game in Game 3 where he's going left and then shooting right-handed and banks it in to win it is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Except it is the except nobody points out it is the single best situation to be in. Right? He didn't have to force anything. Didn't have to, and he didn't force. They just made a play. In fact, if he really had to, probably should have you know driven it down the lane and attacked that way. Maybe get to the line, get a layup. He's strong, whatever. Now, why is that? It's a basketball play. The game was tied. They act as if he went down the court, went to his left behind the three-point line, took a two-point deficit and won it by one. No, it was a two-point shot at the buzzer that if he had missed, it would have meant overtime. It doesn't take away from the phenomenal athletic ability and the great shot, but don't act as if this is one of those incredible, oh, the legacy just continues to grow. What? If he missed, they go to overtime. It's actually the one of the easiest situations to be in in basketball. No offense. I mean, I've, I've broadcast a few in my lifetime. I think I know what I'm talking about. They act as if... I don't know. I just I don't get how it's covered these days. I just don't get it. Well, the new host of the show, beginning on Monday, and I'll be on for the final half hour on Fridays with him... <laughs> Because I mean, he's he's literally taken over. Yeah, everybody loves him. Well, the suit the suit does it. That's just a jealousy thing. Yeah, it is the king. Welcome, your highness. How's it going? <laughs> Great. How about hey, you? Can I say something about LeBron? Sure. The thing that amazes me, he's LeBron James, that he was even that wide open to take that shot. I mean, if you're Toronto, where do you think the ball's going? Well, I guess that's one of the reasons why the guy that's coaching doesn't have the job anymore. (laughs) He can get himself open like that. It's just amazing. I don't... Oh, I know. It it was. But from a basketball point of view... Yeah. If you want to handpick a game-winning situation, that's the perfect game-winning situation to be in. Where yeah. if you, quote, fail because you miss, uh, the game doesn't end. <laughs> so what do you think with them and the Celtics? Well, Celtics don't have enough firepower, I don't think, to win this thing. 
Uh, I mean, I think if they had Kyrie, if if the Celtics had Kyrie Irving, the Celtics yeah. would win the series probably in five or six. If they had Gordon Hayward and Irving, I think they went in five. I think just better. But when you take those two play, now they only had Hayward for five minutes this year. Irving, when he played, was phenomenal. And Cleveland has nobody to match up with Irving. But he's not there. I think the Celtics, with some guts, some guile, can maybe stretch this thing out to six. It's probably a five-game series. To be honest with you, the Cleveland's personnel outside of LeBron, to me, if he's not playing, they're a 500 team. Oh, LeBron James is just... Yeah, I think he's the best basketball player I've ever seen. I don't... I mean, he, taking he, nothing away from Jordan or anyone else. It's just right. he can... He plays like... Or she plays like him, Diana Taurasi. That where he will do what he has to do for the team to win. And, and if it means he's got to score 40, he'll score 40. If it means he's going to get a triple-double, triple double he'll get a triple double but his point you know assists rebounds he he's a coach on the court he's amazing so he's amazing and when he does amazing things he should be praised for it but i also think there needs to be every once in a while and now it's when things don't go right he's too heavily criticized i think that's wrong yeah. You know, but there's sometimes where it goes a little bit overboard. The shot he made against Toronto where he banked it in going left is a phenomenal shot. How do you square yourself up in midair and make that shot and bank it in? Just speaks volumes about the man's talent. But in terms of the situation, it is the ideal situation to be in. You've got the ball, the game is tied. So what's the risk? You don't have to roll seven. You don't have to. If you miss it, you go to overtime. Toronto fired <laughs> and, their coach today. <laughs> yeah, that's because they didn't cover him on that play. <laughs> <laughs> You're out. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Dwayne Casey will get another job in the league, believe me. He's well-respected. Hey, the, the, we did this restaurant in Hartford, redid it, remodeled it, and did all kinds of metal work in there, and it yeah. won the uh, Top Connecticut Aviance Award. Wow. For, well, I'm not saying it to toot my horn. I, I just wanted to... Helmar bought this building in Hartford. You know Helmar, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. He met him at the wake. He owns all the yeah, restaurants. Yeah. Well, he bought... Yeah. It's called the Linden in Hartford. And the mm-hmm. original owners of the building were Mike Tyson and uh, Don King. <laughs> How about that? And then after them, remember Corny Thompson? Yeah, played, yep. Cornelius yep. Thompson. Yep, and he bought it. And then it had been sitting for a while, and Helmar bought it. But I just, I never told wow. you about that. Yeah, That's Mike Tyson great. and... Uh, Don King owned it because Tyson lived in Farmington, Connecticut for quite a while. He had yeah. a mansion in Farmington. Oh. And 50 Cents bought it. That guy, 50 Cents. Fitty. Fitty. Fitty Cent, not 50 Cents. Like what flew it's, over it, the cuckoo's it, it, nest, you know? It's, oh, 50 it's Cents. Fitty Cents. It's Fitty. Cent. <laughs> Even oh, I got well. that one. <laughs> 
Speaking of Fitty Scent, his uh, <laughs> the guy who threw the first pitch at the Phillies game yesterday was so bad it was compared to uh, a ceremonial oh. first pitch that Fitty tried to do several years ago. <laughs> oh. It's KGB yesterday, the former Packery. But uh, what, what the tie is and with Philadelphia, I'm trying to figure out. But uh, who knows? Yeah, I, I have no who idea. Knows? The first thing I thought I, was, wait, wait, he's not from Philly. Wait a second. The worst, the worst ceremonial first pitch I ever saw. Right, and look, and God love him, was Mr. Rogers. Uh, I was at Three Rivers Stadium, and the Pirates were playing, and he threw one that went straight down to the ground. And, of course, you know, he got all, you know, like, like embarrassed. Like, everybody's like, hey, it's Mr. Rogers. Who cares? Hey, it's awesome. All right, so. It was that heavy yeah, sweater. It weighed him down. He would have, you know, the, right, I mean, the, they were, the sweater. Yeah, they were great. And, uh... So I saw Veronica Hamill throw one out. Remember, she used to be on Hill Street Blues. I was oh, at a yeah. White Sox game in Chicago. And she actually threw a strike. I'm like, oh, okay, go. You know who was the best at it? George Bush. Oh, with that you know, the, the night the night of the World Series? Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, man, remember that was like an okay. eighty five mile an hour fastball, man. The the guy the good athlete. <laughs> Well, the yeah, worst thing Obama. This. They would never show Obama's throw. Oh, oh Obama <laughs> could not throw a first pitch to save his soul. Oh, no, they would never remember, show where it went. So, well, George uh, W. Bush, George W. Bush, remember when he threw that pitch in the World Series? He's wearing a bulletproof vest underneath what he's wearing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people forget that. So, I mean, you're trying to throw the ball while still wearing that thing. Which I just gave Obama an out. <laughs> yeah, I was wearing that bulletproof vest, and I just couldn't they do it. Should have given him a bulletproof vest. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> hey, I was at a party this weekend, a picnic for Claire's uh, daughter, graduated from UConn, and yeah. there's this big dude there. Really, you could tell he's athletic, but he saw my Penn State hat, and he said, "Ah, oh, Penn State, huh?" He said, "Did you know that Lusicki or the tight end?" <laughs> oh, good, Mike Lusicki, yeah. yeah. Well, this kid, he's the tight end for UConn, oh, okay. and he got a. Um, he's. I told him I give him a shout out. He's trying. He got an invitation from the New Orleans Saints. Oh, good. So was, yeah, he's down the there Saints, now. The, Named the Tommy Myers. One. Tommy Tommy Myers. Yep. Yeah, uh, and and the Saints, they actually the Saints need a tight end. Really? Yeah, yep. they, they gave him a call. He's got an agent and all that, and he got an invite down there to Good. work out with um, Drew Brees. So I said, I'll give you a shout out on the radio. He said, Really? I said, Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> So, I got six pickles, man. <laughs> you keep doing this, it's going to be up to eight. <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll try and get you on the Steelers. So, uh, Steelers nice are kids. a little loaded. The Steelers are a little overloaded at tight end. So, yeah, New know. Orleans, New Orleans needs one. Oh, this kid's six foot five, two fifty. Yep. Built like a rock. Turns out he has signed a undrafted free agent contract with the Saints. Good. Ooh, that means Tommy he can get Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which yep. means which means he should be allowed to make the next step, which would be to minicamp. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's in tremendous shape. He said, "I've been working for this my whole life." So, 
Well, that's the difference between him and the three of us. He's a nice kid. So, um, well, I attempted to get some exercise in last night. The Phillies were on yesterday, so it's about three o'clock. I'm like, okay, I've got some time now, so I'm going to go over and. Uh, I had a state college quarterback club board meeting last night at five thirty, so I thought maybe I can get nine holes in. So I go over, get set, go out there, hit my first shot. Boom, loft it down the right side, about 140 from the hole. Perfect. Get to the ball. Pick out pitching wedge, all set. Gigantic drop falls on my head. Like, the heck? Oh, great. He said, get the ball, get the club, (laughs) start getting back to the clubhouse. (laughs) So you walked a lot. Huge downpour. (laughs) I got got to the pavilion right when it just let loose. Wow. And there were no other shots. (laughs) That was the one shot I got. (laughs) Oh, look at the good workout you got. Oh, fabulous. I feel good. (laughs) Hey, how bad are the Mets? Oh, the Mets? They can't even hit. They can't even hit in order. I, I, I couldn't believe it. The first sitting, they hit out of order. I mean, if you know, if you're in first place and you do that, you just kind of shake your head and say, "Well, you know, they screwed up." When you're the Mets, <laughs> oh, God. well, I'm sure nobody in New York noticed. Oh, they noticed. <laughs> they live for that stuff. Oh, I know they do. Uh, they, they, they will circle around that for months. This is not a one-week thing. It's like Boston circling the wagon around David Price. So now he's got carpal tunnel and yeah. (laughs) Now this is this. I was pointing this out the first half hour of the show. There's no doubt that, for example, the Yankees and Red Sox between Yes Network, WFAN, Nesson, WEI, they've got money. They've got media yep. money, plus they plus the tickets and so forth. Yep. But for the most part, both of those teams are homegrown. Aaron Judge. Yeah, they are. I mean, yep. I mean Gary Sanchez played against the Spikes. Torres yep. played against the Spikes. Andahar. I mean, they all came up through the system. What Hicks. position did Sanchez play? Because <laughs> he no, can't he was catch. A, <laughs> I know. He was, no, he was a catcher with, with Staten Island. <laughs> oh, my God. He's uh, not He's a no, great hitter, but again, I do not get. I do not understand why more people just don't run everybody. Just yeah. run. Um, that's they can't because, even catch the ball, right? But but they needed one more piece, and they traded for an ultra expensive Giancarlo Stanton. He's mm-hmm. ultra expensive. Okay, I mean the, the Yankees didn't negotiate his contract. The Marlins did. Mm-hmm. All right, he comes in. He hits a couple of big home runs. The Yankees are twenty six and ten, and he had a really good series against the Red Sox. Okay, mm-hmm. now let's go to the Red Sox. Same thing. They're a homegrown team. All right. I, mean, yeah. I know he's not playing yet, but Pedroia, Bogarts, Devers, Benintendi, Betts. I, mean, I remember Betts playing against the Spikes. He was the second baseman, right? Yeah. Uh, Bradley, Vasquez. I mean, those are all guys that came up through their system. 
but yep. they needed another guy. So they went out, and as a free agent, they got J.D. Martinez, who won last night's game with a home run. Right? This is what the the part that baffles me. Now, I think the Phillies are doing the right thing. They got Arietta, They got Santana. I like what the Phillies did. The Pirates refused to do this. And every major league team got $50 million in settlement money in the offseason. What are they doing with that money? $50 million. Every team got that number. I don't know. Well, that's okay. Andrew McCutcheon's going back to Pittsburgh tonight, so it's really there'll be a lot of emotion in the ballpark. And I'm sure they'll all cheer when Colin Moran comes to the play. I, I, think, go, I think, guys, because of, you know, doubt and, you know, situations like that, I think the longtime Western PA baseball fans that grew up and loved and adored the Pirates, I mean, they're just so cynical now when it comes to Bob Nuttig and the organization. But I think they'll oh. put but they'll put that on the back burner tonight and give Andrew a great welcome. Oh sure they, oh, sure they will. I mean they'll, oh, they'll give him a great welcome. Yeah. But you know, if you watch a Pirates broadcast, the number of times Willie Stargell's brought up, Roberto Clemente's brought up, Manny Sanguin's brought up, guess what? The the Pirates have not won a World Series in 39 years. They haven't even made the playoffs, have they? Well, yeah, they were in the playoffs. Actually, they were in the playoffs three straight years. Oh. Um because they they were in that wild card game, oh, yeah, they won, yeah, yeah, they won yeah. one, then they lost two. So I yeah. give them a lot of credit for doing that. But they don't. I can tell you from watching their team play the Spikes, and when the Spikes were the Pirates affiliate, they don't have enough talent in the system. And if they're telling you that, they are they are lying to your face. I mean, I'd be like, look, I see guys left and right come through this league. You can get a feel. I always, I always look at who's going to get to double A. I think it's ridiculous to project somebody to the majors. It's too long a haul, too many twists and turns. But who can get to double A? All right. And I see guys come through this system that are now the Cardinals. You can see guys left and right going to double A and so forth and getting to the majors. And you can see that, that they're all going to get to the double-A. With the Pirates, I look at them, they get this one guy, Austin Meadows. If I've heard about Austin Meadows once, I've heard about him a hundred times. Right? And it's just like looking at the Jackson kid from Michigan State who's projected as the fourth overall pick in the NBA draft. I don't see it. Hmm. I don't see it. I think the baseball draft is weird. Because you can get drafted in the 23rd round and go to the Hall of Fame. Sure Baseball's a funny game, you know? Well, it's because you, you've got to go through the ranks so many years, Kevin, to get there. And yeah. I see them right away. Uh, I mean, look, I saw J.D. Martinez play against the Spikes. He was in the Astros organization at the time at Tri-City. And in yeah. 2009, they had the New York Penn League All-Star game here. They're going to have it again here this year in 18, so I've got to do the game in August. I remember standing with J.D. Martinez in Beaver Stadium, and he's looking around going, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) But but there's a guy, there were like, I think, 18 eventual major leaguers that played in that game. Brock Holt. Brock Holt played in that game. You know, he's representing State College, but he he played in the game. Uh, But there was also 17 others that didn't make it. So, I mean, you don't know. No, because baseball is such a 
finicky game. I mean, you know, it, it, sometimes it's hard to watch when you watch hockey and then you watch baseball. Then the hockey player's out there playing with a broken leg, and a baseball player, if his fingertips are numb, he can't play, you know? It's a a funny, you know, it's it's a very fickle sport. It's different. Yeah, the hockey player, it's broken. How badly? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, fix it. I'll fix it in the summer. <laughs> I'm good enough to go, right? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, sure, I'm good enough to go. Yeah. Meanwhile, me I up, don't I... know. I, I can't really use my hand. I think I need to go on the 10-day DL. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Your whole body's numb if you're a hockey player, you know? <laughs> So I guess oh, you're taking well. over the show next week, and I'm coming on for the final half hour. I mean, it's you know, crowd loves you that much. Well, time for trivia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you have your mom, love her this weekend especially. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.